And we're rolling on another episode of Soccer and Snow and Smoke, the new soccer podcast from ESPN Missoula Radio. I'm Andrew Houghton, joining me in studio for this one, Jay Landham, the associate head coach at the University of Montana soccer team, and we've got the prodigy, Cam <laughs> Zhu, joining us via the phone line. She's down in Texas already, where she's going to play this summer for the San Antonio Athenians. One of the most dynamic stars to emerge, I think, on the University of Montana athletic landscape this fall. Cam Zhu taking over for Claire Howard at goalkeeper, was the Big Sky Defensive Player of the Year, mm-hmm. Big Sky Tournament MVP, set a new program record for shutouts in her redshirt freshman year. So this is a duo I've been wanting to have on the podcast for a long time. Thank you guys for, for being here and setting this up, and, and Cam especially for joining us from all the way down in Texas. It's a real honor. Yeah, Thank you for, for having us. Yeah, it's exciting. Cam, give us an update first. You know, I know that you were playing for San Antonio this summer because it got announced, I think, about a month ago. But what have you been up to since the fall season? And uh, what does this opportunity sort of represent for you this summer? You know, it kind of just, the opportunities sort of just arose. And it was something that I was really considering to do this summer was playing because, you know, last year I went home and just worked. But this year with other soccer opportunities I really wanted to like you know push to like play over the summer and like be at my best for um, national team commitments and uh, potential uh, opportunities and then also you know be at my best going into into the preseason instead of starting fresh again at the start of July so yeah just it's been good we've been just training and then we're starting our season next week officially I believe. Tell me a little bit more about that team down there that you're playing with. Uh, what league is that? What's the level of competition been like? What are, um, you know, some of your teammates' backgrounds? And what are you looking forward to this summer? Yeah, so it's the um, UWS, so the United Women's Soccer uh, League. It's uh, considered semi-professional. There's, uh, there's a few other semi-professional leagues in uh, the United States. There's WPSL, um, USL, which is new, I believe, and then the UWS, which is what I'm playing in. Yeah, it's the competition's been good. You know, the levels all pretty much collegiate athletes or recently retired collegiate athletes looking to, you know, um, play uh, after college or like just looking for opportunities. Um, the level is good. You know, we've got like girls with like national team experiences from you know across the world. We've got like U17 Canadian national team experience. We have like Australian and like you know we have English girls and it's just it's been good. And then uh, most recently there have been girls who were on this team last year who have like signed pro to play overseas. So you know it's just like it's just proof that you know it's a good environment and that uh, you know girls are being developed to play at their best. And so, yeah, and it's a lot of um, more, like, regional girls. And then there's a few, like, just not even, like, in the South, but including me. But, yeah, it's it's been really good. So I'm excited for what what the season holds. That's awesome. How's the sort of the move down there and the acclimation? I imagine the weather is quite a bit different than Montana or from British Columbia where you grew up. But how long have you been down there and how's the uh, transition going so far? Yeah, so I actually chose to drive down to San Antonio. Um, I left last Monday, uh, no, sorry, last Saturday, I believe. It was about a three-day drive, but I enjoyed driving. It was roughly 27 hours, I think. Um, but I think it was worth it. And yeah, for sure, like uh, the biggest change is probably the weather. Obviously, it's not 
as humid and not as hot in Montana or British Columbia. And it's, you know, just constant. It really doesn't drop below like 80 degrees right now. So yeah, the humidity is different, but so far it's been good. Training at night is nice and I guess you're never cold, which is good. So yeah, it's been a good experience. Yeah, and I'll ask Jay to chime in here a little bit. Yeah. Just what does this opportunity represent for somebody like Cam? How did it come together? I mean, was was the team and the university involved in in setting that up? Yeah, honestly, it's it's just another cool part about Cam is she pretty much said this is what she was doing and talked to the right people and pulled the right triggers and she's there and and we fully support her in that. This opportunity is is something that's pretty awesome in women's soccer and the collegiate level and and it's one of many in the area or in in the united states at this point that gives um current collegiate athletes an opportunity to keep playing and you know it's it's sometimes nice after your freshman year to go home and be a kid again and be with your family um but players like 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 cam who are um, pretty serious about their development are the sooner that they're getting involved with um, semi-professional um, teams and developing that comfort level and that repertoire and that experience, um, the better. And so it's it's pretty awesome. She, Her and I have talked about it a lot and have some things set up to, to connect with her current coaches down there and just um, really, really proud of the way that she kind of knew this is what she wanted to do and pulled the triggers and there she is you know and so she's going to be back with us and uh really really excited about that and really excited about the development that she's currently getting from from some other coaches who who know a whole lot about uh, the game and about taking care of people so we're excited does it become something that becomes almost a, a necessity to do uh you know mm-hmm. as, if you're if you're really serious and ambitious about it as as cam is and as maybe yeah. some of your other players on the team are is it going to be something where if you're not doing this you're going to get left behind soon great question it is definitely something that we want players to make a mature decision behind if if um you know cam did a good job of before she went there she went home and rested for a little while and um players kind of have to ask themselves at the at the end of spring um is this what i want to do and is this part of my future vision for my career um if they really need that rest then um, then I believe it's really important to listen to your body and your mind and get that rest. But at the same time, you have to balance that with what are your vision, what's your vision for your career and Cam's vision and um, you know the the opportunities that she has ahead of her speak that speak to the importance of being involved at this level as soon as possible. You know we're going to support her no matter what, but it's it's really cool to see her take this opportunity because like your question asks, it, it is very, very important for a player with big aspirations to be jumping in as, as soon as possible. So really, really excited for, for what she has going on there. Yeah, and you have another girl who's coming in mm-hmm. next year for you, uh, one of your goalkeepers who's playing in sort of a similar league over the summer. I think actually Absolutely. one of the other leagues that Cam mentioned, the USL. Yep. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. So Bayless is playing um, out of Michigan and – or excuse me, Minnesota – and just really, really proud of, of her. She's jumping in with this great attitude, great mindset towards going right away to learn from current Division One and Division Two goalkeepers. And she's going to be a senior this next year. So um, she's jumping in before uh, it's even 
most most players are and and it's it's something that's that's neat to see her do so um keeping track from you know at, right now my goal for a player like Bayless is just kind of um check in and connect um but also give her her space and her her high school experience without overstepping as a as a coach but but of course we keep up with it and we couldn't be more proud of her development and, and her dedication to the team. And there's also a ton of exciting news coming out of there. They just released some really neat stuff out of, uh, uh, from their Twitter account, practicing at the Vikings facility and, um, you know, showing her with her teammates. And um, a really funny part about that team though, is that I also, while at Vanderbilt, coached Sarah Fuller. And so um, her and Sarah Fuller have, uh, are now training together and just kind of the small goalkeeping coaching world. That's awesome. You're talking about Bayless Flynn, who I guess mm-hmm. is a 2023 yes. commit for Montana goalkeeper who's coming in in another year playing for Minnesota Aurora FC, right. I think, this that's summer right. in the USL Women's. That That's very cool. That sort of leads me into what I wanted to get to next with you guys. It's Jay Landum, associate mm-hmm. head coach at the University of Montana soccer team, joining me in studio. Cam Zhu, the reigning Big Sky Tournament Player of the Year, the best goalie in the in the Big Sky Conference, joining us via phone where she's down in San Antonio prior to the beginning of her semi-pro summer season with the San Antonio Athenians. And, and Cam, I'll come back to you, but just tell me a little bit about your origin story and how you ended up at Montana, sort of in the position that you are now. Right, so uh, this is it's probably one of my most interesting stories to tell. You know, a lot of people ask, like, how did you end? How did you end up here? And you know, I was like, oh, well, it's a long story. So, um, I got I got recruited um, pretty much like every high school player back then before the NCAA rule change. So it started in like freshman sophomore year of high school, which now reflecting back is absolutely insane, and it shouldn't be that way. So I'm mm-hmm. glad they did change the rule. So my first cycle of being recruited, um, you know, I was talking to schools and things are going great and then they changed the rules. So then, you know, we were just cut off. So then, but it was okay. So was everyone else. So, you know, just kept waiting. And then like, um, like towards the end of sophomore year and like entering junior year, that's when you can start getting recruited again. So, you know, that was opening up and then I got hurt. And so, you know, when you get hurt, you don't have film, no one sees you play and things like that. So I was really bummed about that. And especially while I was hurt was when people started like getting offers and things like that. So like, honestly, within my mind, I was a little worried because I was like, gosh, like, you know, people are making like huge advances in their like, um, like college, like careers, like the futures. And I'm, I don't, I haven't even really talked to anyone yet, but you know, like through my mind, I wasn't like. I was worried, but, you know, I just kept, like, telling myself, like, you know, trust in, like, the player that you are and, like, you know, people will want you. And so, obviously, the other issue is, like, you're, we're not, like, from the United States, right? We don't play in the United States League. It's not easy for, like, coaches to come see us, you know, whereas, like, you know, a typical American, like, uh, high school kid, like, you can just play on a weekend and, like, you'll have coaches come out and, like, you'll get the you'll get people watching you. So it wasn't like that for us. So it was really, you have to take a hold of your chances that you get. And so, you know, going into my junior year, I was being recruited by LSU and um, Houston, the University of Houston. And then also at the time, Yale University and uh, Rice University. So 
what happened was uh, Yale fell out first because they had, uh, it was actually the college admission scandals at the time. So um, it just kind of ended there. You know, I, I just didn't want to follow through with that and everything going on. So Yale dropped out from there. And then um, at that point, it was Houston, LSU, and Rice. And so LSU dropped out. Sorry, yeah, Rice dropped out because they had a coaching uh, change. Their coach quit or left. And then um, LSU's coach actually went to Rice. But then at that point, it was just a whole revamp to, like, you know, programming that I didn't really feel comfortable with. And so pretty much, like, my answer was, like, given to me. Like, I didn't have to choose anymore. It was going to be Houston. So... Um, it was going into the summer of my senior year of high school. So I was already pretty late. My entire class had pretty much already committed to Division One schools. So I was one of the last. And um, I had chosen, I had elected not to go on an official visit yet because I was um, going on summer vacation with my family, actually. And I had chosen uh, um, to go on a visit after I had come back from summer vacation and I was going to be in school and while I was on summer vacation in New England um, I think I was in Boston and they I got a phone call and basically it was the worst phone call of my life I think I've had so far mm-hmm. and what had happened was that their athletic administration so not the coaching staff but their athletic administration had had an entire coach like an entire um, staff change like fire and rehire kind of thing and they the new people who came in completely reorganized the money that soccer um had available and at that time obviously i was like a late recruit and when you're a late recruit there's not much money left so it was tight and so all of a sudden that the money that they thought they had for me was just gone and so you know, I'm really grateful for the coach for being honest with me because he really, he really didn't have to tell me that, you know, that money was gone. He could have mm-hmm. just told me and I could have signed and then found out later. So I'm really grateful for him telling me. And he, he told me, he goes, I don't know if this is the right place for you anymore. And, you know, I had a little bit of a, a like pre- high school crisis, I guess you could call it. <laughs> you know, um, I'm, a, I'm going into my senior year of high school and I feel like I'm in like sophomore year again. I'm like sending out, like I'm like making like like mass like send mass sending mass emails and like you know just like starting all over again, going into my senior year. So and it was just so much stress. And I was and the issue was that I wasn't even at home. I was on vacation. I wasn't going home for another week. So there's a lot of stress. But um, you know, ironically, I had just. A lot of the schools that were recruiting me were on the East Coast, so I just, I really wanted to, you know, maybe look out West again, and so, you know, I started reaching out to people on the West that I hadn't before, and so the issue that I ran into was a lot of people were telling me, hey, like, we're interested in you and we really like you, but we really just don't have any money, and so it was just, I kind of accepted it at that point, yeah. and so um, I sent an email to Chris, yeah. so... Um, Montana kind of just showed up on the radar and like I kind of just reached out but ironically while we were in New England the, the the van that we rented had Montana license plates and that was just something I thought was really funny and I was like hey mom I'm like going to reach out to Montana she's like okay cool but you know I sent an email to Chris and then Jay responded actually I and did. I was not expecting that because I had, I had I had come home already I was 
it was in the summer, it was like late August, I think, or like something like that. And I was, I was out with my mom and I get this phone call from <laughs> like unknown caller. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, when it says like where the caller's from and it says like Tennessee. And I'm like, I never reached out to a school in Tennessee, decline. Yep. So um, I declined Jay actually. <laughs> yep. Didn't, you know, didn't know it's a great way was, to start the relationship. In my head, I was like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, I, I just, I didn't really, I didn't expect for Jay to call me obviously. And I didn't know, I didn't, I never reached out to a school in Tennessee. So I just, it was automatic. And, you know, he left me a voicemail and sent me a text message. And I think I like freaked out while I was out with my mom. Cause I was like, Oh my God, mom, I just declined. She's like, no, it's okay. Like, you know, call it back. I was like, okay. So yeah, you know, called and talked and like, you know, when I picked up, I thought it was just going to be him, but you know, on, on the other side of the phone was Chris, Jay, and then um, a previous coach also. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was. It, that's how it really just got started. And then, yeah, I had uh, another school that I was thinking about also. And you know, after I visited, uh, it's pretty pretty obvious which school I wanted to go to. Like, my, I didn't even have to tell my mom. She's like, I already know which one you want to go to. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So yeah, that's my little story about how I ended up in Missoula. Jay, what was yeah. it like from from your perspective? Not only coming in that late, sort of trying to establish the relationship that late, but also uh, what's it like recruiting international players? I know you guys have several Canadians on the team. Yeah, uh, how did that all come together? At first, it's just hilarious to listen to Cam's side of the story and and piece it together with my own timeline. I just remember Chris sending me the the email with Cam's highlight reel in it, and there was a few very specific goalkeeper. Uh, decisions that she was making in her film that showed an extra level of understanding of the game and understanding of the position that it's pretty easy to miss, but also you only see in some of the most well-coached players and most dedicated players. And so, um, you know, the saves in her her highlight reel were awesome, but it was the decision-making before, during, and after the save that really showed me that uh, we were pretty lucky to to find someone this late in the cycle when we had already decided four goalkeepers would be a good thing for us. So just kind of in, in it was one of those recruiting moments that is kind of rare in that from seeing a player to deciding that she was someone we wanted to really trying to get the conversation and the numbers worked out as quickly as possible went pretty quickly. Um, of course, there was still the... The official visit and Cam and her mom and her family handled it really well and responsibly by not you know, pulling any triggers too quick while we were pretty excited to <laughs> get the deal done. Um, but she, uh, once we started developing that relationship, it was pretty clear that it was going to be an awesome opportunity for us to work together. Um, and so just hearing her, her story, uh, knowing mine and, and, and seeing it is, is pretty awesome. Um, as far as recruiting international players, um, our recruiting model at Montana is a little unique. We um, believe in and, and have created relationships with a handful of clubs that develop players and develop people similarly to ourselves. And so instead of casting a big net out at recruiting events and just trying to take anybody that's interested, we have a handful of clubs that are, that are really important to us. Um, that being said, of course, there are, there are spots on our roster. There are spots available for, for any player that falls outside of those clubs. But um, we know that those 
clubs will be developing intelligent athletes and disciplined human beings and um, people that that know how to be coached and know how to learn and and evolve as human beings and as soccer players. So it's it's pretty cool to have with Cam and with some of the other players built that kind of relationship with Whitecaps and um, and with some of the staff at Whitecaps. We we really enjoy what they do and cam is a good example of that and so recruiting internationally definitely has its own everything from paperwork to finances to covid being a a barrier to everything um but it is it is also proven to be a really important part of our growing identity as a team and something that's really important to us is the relationships it's one of our one of our team's core values and so um you know, it's fun for for the players from all over the United States to build to build relationships and learn about the players from from Canada and vice versa. And and we want to broaden that net. We wanna we want to bring in some players from from um, other countries when when that presents itself. It just has to be the right player, person at the right time. So Cam's story is 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 pretty cool in that she kind of uh, opened the door um, to something that's been really beneficial to us. Let's talk about this because. Jay, I love that you mentioned sort of what you saw in her mm-hmm. highlight tape. Goalkeeper is a position that's sort of fascinating and a little bit inscrutable mm. to, I think, people who aren't in it or don't study it very closely. I'm not sure what other position in sports I would compare it to. Mm. It's really not like a lot of other things. Cam, have you always been a goalkeeper, or what drew what drew you to that? I mean, did you start out as a field player and and move back there, or was it something that you'd always done? Yeah, so I think every every soccer player starts off as an outfield player. Um, obviously, there's eleven, or sorry, ten of ten outfield players and one goalkeeper. Um, and so uh, I actually got into sport pretty late. Uh, my parents aren't exactly the most athletic people ever, and they were very artistic. They both went to film school. So it was pretty much expected of me to do artistic things. I hated it, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think the most the most artistic thing. I'm sorry, the most athletic thing that I was in was actually artistic gymnastics. Nice. So um, <laughs> yeah, no, I hated it. Um, I had a best friend. Um, she's still my best friend. She plays uh, Division One tennis at Penn State, but her family is incredibly uh, athletic. Uh, they have two going on to three Division One tennis players right now, essentially four. Um, but basically, you know, she was my best friend growing up and anything she did, I wanted to do. And, you know, one of the first sports she got put in was soccer. And so, you know, obviously she's in soccer, I want to do soccer. But, you know, it was a lot of like persuading for my mom. Like, I was like, mom, like, I really want to play soccer. And I didn't get enrolled until I was like 10, I think, which is pretty late. My mom always tells the story about when I was 10 at my first game, you know, first half went, okay, you know, you're just kids kicking the ball in the field. Second half, I was kept going in the wrong direction because I didn't realize we had to switch directions <laughs> after half. But That's awesome. Yeah, you know. It, there yeah, is, I am zero surprised. Can then, I just say that I'm zero surprised from that? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Doesn't surprise no, me at all. If you, yeah, if you get to know me, that's yep. something that you can it. expect from me. But um, goalkeeping, I kind of just like fell into, fell into, you know, place um my first ever coach her husband who was like kind of an assistant i guess you could say um they were from england and he was a goalkeeper so he's like yeah like you're you're tall like i was pretty tall when i was little uh, he's tall i'm not scared of the ball like i would run 
at like people. So I was pretty fearless. I also mm-hmm. obviously growing up in Canada, hockey's a big deal. And like, obviously we've seen hockey. It's a very like physical game. And they, I was just a physical kid. So I wasn't really scared of running at kids. So they're like, you know what? You're going to go stand in net. So I did that and I hated it because, you know, I, I was standing in net and you don't really do much when you're 10 years old and like a goalkeeper, right? So I actually hated it, wanted to quit. Like I just wanted to be a field player. So between U11, which is when like wet plopper starts, between U11 until probably U14, every team I got on, it was my bargain was, and here's the thing, I was good at goalkeeping. I just didn't like it. But my bargain was I will, I will play on your rep team if you play me a goalkeeper for one half and I'll play as an outfielder for another half. Mm-hmm. And they all said, okay. And it probably lasted about two games. And then I would just stand as a goalkeeper for <laughs> the rest of it. So there was, there was, there was a few years, honestly, when I was like, I really just like, you know, this is like fun and all, but like, I really want to score some goals. Like I, <laughs> mm-hmm. but then I think it was starting to get into like HPL level, which is um, our version of like ECNL in Canada, that's when it really started to get like real because I started playing up a year and like the girls were faster, the girls were stronger and better and like, you know, I would be and I was the I was the kid who was younger and saving all these older kids' goals and sort of like I guess you could say like there was glory in that that like you could also compare to like scoring goals. So that's kinda how I just started to fall in love with it when I was like thirteen, fourteen I would say. And then from then on there it just kinda went like uphill and then here I am and I don't regret it at all. You know, I mm. maybe when I was 13, I might be really upset with the fact that I was a goalkeeper, but now there's probably nowhere else I'd rather play. So, Yeah, it worked out in the end. It's Cam Zoo, the Big Sky Conference Goalkeeper of the Year, Big Sky Conference Tournament Player of the Year from last fall season at the University of Montana. Joining us on the Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast, along with Montana Associate Head Coach and Goalkeeping Coach, Jay Landham and Jay, just a similar question for you. I mean, where? Tell me a little bit about your origin story in soccer and also in in turning into a goalkeeping coach. Yeah, good questions. I'll give a a, a short story <laughs> um, because it's a long long story. Honestly, it was very similar in that I uh, did not love the position at first, but again, similarly, I was I was thrown back there, and then a coach of mine, when I was much younger, told me that. Uh, he was impressed with the way that I was brave inside the goal and and was was really athletic um, and I loved diving around and so then I started to go to goalkeeper training sessions and um, then there was a, a club team that needed a goalkeeper and I wanted to be I wanted to take this the next step to go from playing recreationally to playing at the club level where did you grow up in middle Tennessee okay in, in the Nashville area yeah just north of Nashville and so there was a club team that needed my help and or needed a goalkeeper and I was like well, of course I'll I'll be that and uh and so for the next 4 years was was I played high school club and then I also played for my high school station camp high school under coach Thomas Moran and um as well as uh, Chris Thurman and so Chris Thurman was probably one of my very first goalkeeper coaches who taught me that the position is in insanely intense and there are specific skills and mindsets and decisions that you can make that will 
positively impact your environment and help your team win. And so I think that was that was really big for me to to see that the goalkeeper is not just a big part of keeping the other team away from the goal, but helping your team win. And so kind of fell in, the, in love with the position there. I went and played um, at Union University in Jackson, Tennessee. And then really long story short, I played four years of semi-professional um, in Tennessee and in Colorado. Um, I tried to play professionally with the Colorado Rapids and had an awesome experience for about a week and a half, and then they said go home. <laughs> um, but it was a great, again, I learned so much and saw what it's like to coach at that level and to play at that level. And so um, pretty quickly I began pursuing my coaching career um, through the licensing process. Um, there's the United States Soccer Coaches Federation um, the USSF, and then you also have the USC uh, United Soccer Coaches, and I have some licensing and diplomas through them, and then I have my master's in sport coaching. And so it all just kind of built upon itself, and while developing my coaching craft, I was um, developing my goalkeeper coaching craft. Of course, those go hand in hand. And then I, I think a, a big part is I also have some really incredible mentors around me who have helped me uh, develop my coaching model um, and so they really kind of pushed me on to the next best job or the next best ed development in my career um, and and so it's it honestly is one of those things that's like how did I get here I don't really totally know but I absolutely love it <laughs> yeah this is how many years for you at Montana now I'm coming up on three okay so, so summer June mid-June of, of 2019 is when I moved here You're listening to Soccer in Snow and Smoke, the soccer podcast from ESPN Missoula Radio and myself, Andrew Houghton. I've long been obsessed with soccer, and in this podcast, we're examining the beautiful game from all angles, with a specific focus on soccer in Missoula and the wider Montana area. You can find Soccer in Snow and Smoke on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, as well as catch selected excerpts during Nuwana's Now, 4 to 6 p.m., only on ESPN 102.9 Missoula. Now back to Soccer in Snow and Smoke. We've danced around it a little bit because both you and Cam have mentioned a little bit like the thing about mm. being brave and being fearless mm. for either of you guys. I mean, just talking about the, uh, I don't want to call it an art, but talking mm -hmm. about goalkeeping, what do you need? What are you trying to develop? How is it different from, like I said, a lot of other positions and a lot of other sports? And maybe Jay specifically, what have you seen in Cam that's allowed her to be so successful? That's a lot of really great big questions and um i'll probably let cam start off on this one yeah sure go ahead cam i think bravery and confidence have a lot in common and you know like in a position of goalkeeping like no matter whether you're a freshman or a senior you have to have a level of confidence and sort of like presence among the team because without presence, it's it, a lot of a, a lot of authority and a lot of like, you know, how the game runs and how the team does comes from me. Which is, I'm sort of like the pinpoint of like a triangle. You could see it like mm -hmm. I'm the only person on the field who can see the entire the entire field and I can see everyone. And so, you know, I think bravery also comes a lot with being brave and being able to tell people like what you need and what needs to be done. 
And, you know, that, for me, that was a lot going into this last season because obviously it was my first season. And, you know, I'm playing alongside Taylor Hansen, who's, you know, on our way to becoming, like, the first NWSL player for Montana and, you know, um, Z, who's captaining the team, and, like, Ali Larson and, like, all these people who have, like, you know, have made a name for themselves in the Big Sky Conference. And, you know, I'm telling here, telling them what to do. But, you know, I have to credit uh, them for, you know, being very open and, like, letting me know that it is okay to, you know, tell them because ultimately they understand that I'm the only one that can see everything. And then also it's just an element of trust, I think, Um, trusting one another. I trust them with, you know, my life, and I hope that they trust me, and I think that they do. So. I think just it's a very uh, interesting relationship that you have to have, like, between the back line and a goalkeeper because we sort of control everything. And then also with Montana, it just so happens that, like, our, our back line is probably one of the strongest pieces of our program. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd say. One of the things that is a very important part. Yeah. Kim, talking about that, I mean, is that sort of confidence and authority, I think, that you're talking about? Is that something that you had to build up or is it something, I guess, that you had to consciously work on getting better at? Because not only are you, were you playing with a very experienced back line, but stepping in and replacing Claire Howard, who's probably the best goalkeeper in Big Sky Conference history over a full career. But I was talking with, like, Caitlin Rogers on a prior episode of this podcast, and she was, you know, very impressed with the way that you were able to step in for Claire and sort of maintain that rapport. But was that sort of sense of authority and confidence something that you had to consciously work on developing or is it something that you've had oh for sure i don't think any anyone really comes in with you know um the kind of confidence that a goalkeeper has because you know it really can go like it can be like taken like a wrong way you know if you have a goal a brand new goalkeeper come in and just start like barking commands like no one's gonna Mm -hmm. listen like hey you gotta find your place here right and like ultimately it's also like a personality thing right like honestly like growing up playing like goalkeeper like i was I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. Like I was very like shy in the sense that I didn't even really like my parents coming to watch for some reason. But, um, you know, that was something that I eventually overcame. And then the other thing that I really was just like, and you talk about confidence of lack of confidence that I had was that when I was younger and like, you know, one of the most notable things about a goalkeeper is like when you come out, you're supposed to stream keeper. I was too like embarrassed, like to say keeper. I don't know why. But, you know, that was, I just wouldn't say it or, and, you know, I would get like scolded. They'd be like, they'd be like why, why don't you say keeper? You need to say keeper when you come up for a high ball. You need to say keeper when you go up for like a 1v1. And I don't know, honestly, it was just like, I just felt, you know, I, I just didn't have it in me. And so like, it was something that I didn't really like get to develop until like, I'd say I was like 14, 15. So like same thing in terms of like uh, coming to Montana, like I have to credit Claire for a lot of it because you know, she sort of taught me the ways and like taught me how how to find myself on this team and, you know, a lot of how, watching how she interacts with um, older members of teammates and like, or sorry, older members of the team and everything. So she really, you know, showed me without directly showing me how to, you know, be a good mm-hmm. leader on this team. Yeah, so many awesome points there and, and really proud of Cam's answer. I think one of the things I liked about your question especially is how you discussed an art 
And I, I talk about that in coaching and a lot of things. There's, there's the art of goalkeeping and there's the science of goalkeeping. And one of the things that Cam did a good job of explaining is, is the mentality, the bravery, the, the perception, the confidence, the personality, the decision-making process. That's all kind of an art. You know, you can't really put your finger on it. But there are things that you've learned from in past experiences. There's things that um, just kind of feel like the right decision to make at the right time. And that's one of the, the areas that Cam really excels is kind of the art of goalkeeping. And then there's the science. It's the details of the game, the five phases of play, the five pillars of being a goalkeeper or of, of being a college athlete. And, and that's some of the areas where um, Cam also excels and, and other goalkeepers should be looking to develop. And so technically, tactically, physically, and mentally, and socially, those are all areas where goalkeepers kind of have specific um, blueprints to them. They still need to be unique, um, and they still should be themselves, um, but there are some really specific areas that a top, top-level goalkeeper needs to stand out. And so I think one of the main ones I'd, I'd love to mention is how is similar to what Cam said is, and uh, I have it in our goalkeeper document, is the goalkeeper is an integral and connected member of the team. And so um, there's a lot of times in a lot of programs where goalkeepers, because of the difference in our position versus a field player, there's kind of this divide that naturally takes place over time. And I think it is healthy for us to see ourselves um, as a member of a team, as, a, as, a, as yes, our, our position's unique, but it is so, so, so important that socially we're an integral and connected member of the team. And so Cam has done a great job of that. Our, our other goalkeepers have done a great job of that. And, um, you know, we do, we do things differently than field players, but we're a member of the team first and foremost. Well, it's right, because you're not practicing, you know, mm -hmm. you're not practicing with the team a lot of the time. You're right. off over to the side working on drills or individual mm -hmm. work or something. Mm -hmm. You know, I love that you bring up so many of the different facets of it because mm -hmm. for for somebody like me, it's very easy to see with Cam. I mean, the athleticism and the hands and like mm -hmm. all of that stuff stands out because you see that in a bunch of other sports and it's very easy to recognize. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's a lot more sort of mental stuff and not even mental stuff, but hidden stuff that goes into into the position. One of the things that speaks to that is we, we call them effective actions in the goalkeeping community um, in our in our group and we're always looking to increase our understanding and our and our use of effective actions and um, part of that is being able to perceive in a, a threat um, and then you need to make a choice of what what skills would be used here and then we have to execute the skills and so it's kind of a, a super, super shorthanded version of what uh, a goalkeeper um, needs to be doing at all times is, is perceiving threat, making choices, and choosing actions. Um, and something that speaks to that is a, is a phrase that I've used with, with all my goalkeepers many times is the sideline, the fans, they will all say that you made a brilliant save and later on you and I will know that you made an intelligent save. And so that athleticism is brilliant and, and so important in being a strong goalkeeper and being a college athlete. Um, but the goalkeeping position requires a lot of intelligence, a lot of studying the game, uh, a lot of recognition of, of specific moments and, and adjusting your body position and your, and your body shape to, to be prepared for that specific threat that the opposing team might give. And so again, I just, I love the mindset of 
you know, yes, you made a great save, but also it was the decisions that you made and the training in the team, in the practices that led up to being able to make that great save. And, and that's what requires a lot of intelligence from a goalkeeper. How does that manifest itself? How do you mm. train for that? Is it a lot of, you know, film work with it as well? Yeah. Um, so this is kind of my own goofy coaching science weirdness. But um, over time, I've, I've developed a model that includes coaching sessions, training sessions, and games. And we approach the game in our goalkeeper sessions through those three moments. And so in a training session, I'm looking to create as much chaos as possible with mannequins and ladders and rebounders and things to jump over and things to jump under and roll under. And so that's kind of that that traditional chaos uh, is a training session. And so a lot of equipment is involved. And I just want to see that the goalkeepers are making good decisions um, in the midst of chaos and, and able to uphold their technical skills when things are uncertain. And then we have coaching sessions, and that's where I strip away as much gear as possible. And I, and I coach a specific game moment on, in repetition so that the goalkeeper is now having to make decisions that will look like the game. Um, look like a, a, sp- a specific game moment or maybe a threat that, a, that an opposing team will come up to us with. And then the last one is games, and that could be a small-sided 4v4 game or the full-sided 11v11 game, and that's where I really want to see that the goalkeeper is using what they've learned in training sessions and in coaching sessions to, to help their team win. Again, a lot of it is helping your team win, and I'm sure that Cam could give a, an a interesting perspective from, from the coaching sessions and training sessions and games. Um, it is fun where I will come out, uh, out to a session and say, okay, today's a coaching session, and you can see all of them kind of buckle down and get ready for, for chaos. And then, or I can come to a session and say, okay, today's a coaching session, and I see them kind of put on their, their, their student hat, if that makes sense. You know, they kind of are like, okay, today we're going to have to listen a little bit more. We're going to have to think within the context of the game a little bit more um, because it is a coaching session. And then later on, we'll have a game once we're with the team, and that's when they really got to make positive impacts on their environment. Yeah, Cam, was all, was all that stuff new and, and foreign to you when you came in, or had you had elements of it? What was your impression of, of Jay and sort of his coaching style when you got to Missoula? Yeah, I think um, a lot of, you know, goalkeeping is relatively the same. Once mm-hmm. you get to a certain level, it's really just about getting repetition and different kinds of sort of, like, situations. And, you know, uh, I've had, like, a specific, like, group of goalkeeper coaches my entire life. And, like, moving to the United States, obviously, I was exposed to actually my first non-European <laughs> goalkeeper coach. <laughs> but, um, it was, yeah, it, I think like Jay said, like replicating chaos is one of the most important things because like um, another thing that Jay likes to say a lot is that patience for a goalkeeper Mm -hmm. could be a split second, whereas patience for anyone else means like waiting at a red light, you know, and like sort of you have really a split second to sort of decide what you're going to do. And sometimes that decision doesn't, you know, go, go well, like, you know, you might end up getting scored on and it's like, it's an incredibly tough position to play, be- uh, and like you said, mentally, because even though it might not be your fault, but ultimately you're the one being scored on, and mm-hmm. being scored on means not winning. So you've got to be really like resilient mentally to get over. Like, you know, if you do get scored on, because even though you do get scored on, that doesn't mean that 
the game's over or like you're a failure, you know, and you can't really dwell on your mistakes. And so like, even though in training you're, you're learning a lot about speed and tactics and like how to do this and how to do that. A lot of it is also just like mental training about like preparing yourself to, you know, face these situations and like correct your decision making when like these very like specific situations arise during a game. Yeah, I think Jay does a really good job and I'm happy to work with him. Thanks, Cam. It's mutual. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> It's Cam Zhu, the defending Big Sky Conference goalkeeper of the year, joining us over the phone. And Jay Landham, the associate head coach and goalkeeping coach here at Montana, is with us in the studio for this edition of Soccer and Snow and Smoke. Cam, this last fall, you sort of burst onto the scene. I mean, you had some really good performances right out of the gate. You were a redshirt freshman, so nobody had seen you. In fact, it was a big question around the team, you know, who was going to replace Claire Howard. What do you remember about just the early part of last year? Oh, well, rolling into preseason, it was really the it's finally here kind of, you know, mentality because, like, all of last year was, like, my time will be next year, my time will be next year. And obviously I didn't even travel last year, so it was just, like, you know, here this opportunity is finally, like, I've been, like, working for it all year. And so start of the season, obviously – it wasn't given to me, you know, I had to earn it. And, you know, Elizabeth Todd put up a hell of a fight and made it really tough. And I think it was just a lot of, like, nerves, really. And, like, we were pretty much in the same position in terms of, like, playing time and, like, didn't really know how it was going to be. But my mentality was just I'm, I was going to put my head down and put in the work. And just like my recruiting kind of was, and just trust in who I was, what I knew, and how I played and that you know, I was going to earn that spot. And, you know, it worked out. It's been going good ever since, I guess. Yeah, Jay, did you see that mentality for her sort of change at the end of the year? She got more comfortable, you know, going through the year. And then by the time the Big Sky tournament rolled around, I mean, she was very established and, and sort of a key piece. Did you see the mentality change at all? I did, yes. And and Cam and I had a lot of really great conversations in the office and on the soccer field that, that led up to it. And, you know, at, at no point was I surprised at all. Um, I, I think at one point we had a conversation where essentially I told her that I believe in her probably more than she believes in her because uh, there's there's no part of um, me that doubted that she would be up for the biggest games we could possibly play as the University of Montana. And so no player is just going to jump in and be completely – uh, going to have no speed bumps from the start. And so there were, there were good practices and bad practices and a lot of really good games and some, some little mishaps here and there, just as, it, as there always will be for any player. But the trajectory, the, the progress where Cam is now and where I see Cam going, it's all honestly pretty smooth as far as, you know, she has the right mentality. She's, she's stoked about Montana and about uh, she, she represents the university really well and this, the team very well, and she has her goals and her vision. And so we're just kind of in that space where we're all aligned in the same goal, which is let's keep winning, and, and she plays a big part of that. So there's, I'm not surprised in her success if that's you know, one, of the, one of the main things. And I'm, and I'm really excited about um, the challenges that she has ahead of her with other goalkeepers coming in. I'm really excited about how Soph has been developing. And, you know, we're going to have a, a good group of goalkeepers this next um, season and, and the seasons to come. So 
but again, there's there's a real resilience and dedication to Cam, and so um, she's gonna have to fight for her spot, and she's gonna have to fight for her, um, in every practice. But I also am really really excited to see her do that. Yeah, that's uh, Sophia Pierce, right? The mm-hmm. other girl you're yep. mentioning, who's a local yes. girl from Delgate High School. Yeah, Cam, talking about your own individual goals, and we talked about this a little bit with your your summer opportunity this year. But I know that, like you mentioned, I mean, you have goals of playing internationally, um, and you've been in a couple camps for Canada recently. How do you lay those out? I mean, when you look at the things that you want to accomplish and and some of the opportunities that you want to get, has that always been, you know, something that you've been pushing for? Yeah, so um, I was really lucky to get a spot on a uh, camp roster for the U20 national team uh, this last January. It was in preparation for the CONCACAF U20 tournament in um, the Dominican. I didn't make that team, which, you know, kind of sucked, but uh, ultimately we're moving into uh, another summer camp this year, and that's in preparation for the World Cup, which is the first World Cup that Canada has qualified for since 2016, I believe, so it's a very big deal. And so going into that camp, they take uh, more girls into World Cup than they do for CONCACAF, so I'm hoping to make uh, the roster then and so that was also that led into a huge reason of why I chose to play this summer because ultimately this is a big like moment that I really want to work for and you know back in January with COVID Canada was still really shut down so I actually went into my first national team camp uh, having not touched a soccer ball in about a month which sucked but everyone else was in the same boat it 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 was quite I can say quite confidently that it was probably the worst like feeling of my life you know going into my first national team camp not touching a ball and being like unfit. So I really just want to prepare myself, uh, you know, to be the best player that I can be going into camp if I do get the call. And yeah, you know, that would be, I would say the most, the closest goal that I have right now that's coming up. I don't actually know when it is, but uh, it'll likely be in July. Um, The actual tournament is in August. Yeah, in terms of goals uh, beyond this summer obviously I want to win another conference and uh, tournament title again with the team and I'm very confident that we can do it I want to win a first round of course at the national tournament I think I I'm pretty sure within the next few years like that it has to happen at some point because just you know the trajectory of this team is, is so good and so positive I totally think you know with all the work that we're putting in and just a little bit of luck that we can totally pull it off and, you know, even keep going and have like a, a true Cinderella dance. Um, and then beyond that, I haven't really, you know, made up my mind. Obviously, you know, school is a big part of my life and I've had uh, school opportunities this year as well. So, you know, ultimately soccer doesn't last forever. So that's, you know, what I want to focus on right now. And Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about some of the things that you're doing um, outside of soccer, because I know um, the academic part is a really big part of it for you. There was the article recently where you were attending a Model UN conference, but just what are some of the other things that you've been getting into outside of soccer? Yeah, so um, the, about three weeks ago at the start of, uh, I guess four weeks ago now, start of April, me and 12 other students at the school uh, were selected to participate at the National Model United Nations Conference in New York City for a week. Basically, from a state level, you then get um, selected to go to the national level. 
Um, it varies state by state, but that's uh, how it works with Montana. And not only is it within the United States, but it's also international. So um, there were schools from, you know, across Canada, across Italy, Germany, um, just really all of all of uh, Western Europe. Um, actually, there was also there was also a school from Kiev, Ukraine, that was present, which was really um, an honor to have them there in light of everything going on. And you know, there was a lot of South American schools, so it's a really cool experience. And I think there was over 2,000 college students present, and you know, we spent a whole week really just like debating. Um, present-day issues and sort of just like how we can solve them collectively as an intergovernmental organization. And um, we were also lucky enough to get a mission briefing from the uh, Georgian representative at the actual United Nations. So uh, that was really cool. And then outside of that, um, at the same time, student government on campus uh, was happening and I was a part of Noah Vandercar's uh, election campaign and sort of just like helping out. Um, I was initially planning on running as a senator uh, on the ASEAN Senate, but uh, with, you know, what, what comes with being a Division One athlete is a lot of, uh, a lack of time, I guess, is how you could put it. So hmm. that didn't end up happening, but I'm hoping to become a, a student at large uh, position on ASEAN. So yeah, that's a what school has been going on and what's been going on with school. And then also I'm a part of the athletic diversity inclusion committee within the athletics department. So we've been doing a lot of educational workshops and sort of just like getting together to, you know, really create change around the athletic department. That's a lengthy resume. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's <laughs> pretty astonishing that you're able to find time for all that. What with also being a division one athlete, that's Cam Zhu, the goalkeeper of the university of Montana women's soccer team joining us for soccer and snow and smoke after her breakout season in the fall that led to her being named the big sky goalkeeper of the year. Also joining me in studio as uh, Montana's goalkeeping coach, Jay Landum. Guys, I'll get you out of here. We have so much else to talk about, but we're coming up on an hour yeah. here, and uh, let's leave some meat on this bone for maybe future appearances. Anything like that. else that, that you guys wanted to mention that's going on before I get you out of here? On, on my end, I think it's just we want to thank the state of Montana and the city of Missoula for, for such incredible support. Um, you know, We really feel um, like people are growing an interest in the sport of soccer and growing an interest in, in women's sports in general. And um, there's a lot of really exciting things going on in Missoula and, and at the university. And so uh, Chris and Ashley and myself in the office will just randomly start almost dancing <laughs> when we just kind of hear the the energy and, and positivity coming out of um, the community. And so it's it's really cool to see we're, we're so excited about this fall. We have really big games coming in. With We don't have a lot of travel, so we have a lot of home games, which is really exciting, and we're wanting to um, have as many fans out as possible. Um, those, you know, that, that is, um, especially in the game of soccer, something that is just so powerful to have a big group of supporters there. And so, of course, shameless plug is is come to our games. <laughs> have you guys released that schedule yet? Um, we're finishing up a few little details, but the, the conference schedule is, is posted and the regular season um, schedule is coming out pretty soon. And I'll, I'll leave that as a, as a exciting 
thing to look out for. But we've got some some big names, some big schools coming to to Missoula who we're looking to uh, send home as less fortunate. Well, that's exciting. I know you guys had a great schedule last year, a good non-conference schedule last year, and came up with the win against Long Beach State mm-hmm. and were competitive in a bunch of other games. Um, so that's always a good benchmark to look forward to. That's Jade Landham, the associate head coach at the University of Montana, joining us for the Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast. Jay, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you, Andrew. appreciate it for all you all do. It means a lot. And Cam Zhu as well, the reigning Big Sky Conference goalkeeper of the year joining us via the phone lines from down in San Antonio, Texas, where she's about to kick off her summer semi-pro season with the San Antonio Athenians. Cam, thank you so much as well, and good luck this summer, and looking forward to catching up with you maybe this fall when you're back in town. Yeah, of course. No, thank you for having us. Really appreciate it, and have a great time on the podcast.